want you to open up your word with me. I'm going to go back to the passage scripture I used Sunday morning, and I want to see if I can explicate it just a little further from where we were at. Uh, I want to open up beginning at the, uh, if you don't mind, go to, I'm going to use the New King James Version for this reading, and then I'm going to fall back into the, me the Message Bible for the second reading as I'm reading it through and discussing it with you. But let's open up with the New King James Version, beginning at verse 1 of Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen please I, and let me speak. You said, I will question you when you shall answer me. I have heard you by the hearing of the ear but now my eyes see you. Therefore I pour myself and repent in the dust and ashes. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job and that the Lord had said to Eliphaz the Telemite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering and my servant Job shall pray for you for I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Tenemite and Beldad and Shulhite and Zohar the Nathalite went and did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord had accepted Job. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers and sisters and all those who had been acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had bought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may take your seats. Amen. God bless you. I want to hang a different tag on tonight's explication. And what I want to talk for the next few moments is favor in the aftermath. Favor in the aftermath. What one has to see here is twofold. I got in a lot of trouble back in 1983. I took a course at Yale Divinity School and it was in the 80s and it was, I was a young seminarian and uh, we read a book by Carl Jung and Carl Jung's book talks about Job as mythology and, uh, and it talks about the myth of Job and how Jewish writers uh, made this story to remind people of what he referred to as um, the fact that suffering in humanity was a part of life. And so that the character Job was a caricature and not an individual that it existed. 
Now, I didn't get in trouble in class, but I lost it when I wrote my paper because, of course, being who I was and I'm uh, a scripture man and inerrancy of word and all the rest in my mind, uh, I said some things that were really, really kind of rough. And uh, probably the only time I've ever wanted to cuss, but I didn't. Because uh, I said in my paper, I think, I think Carl Jung is full of, but I put S and T and left the other two words out. Of course, the uh, professor, when he corrected my paper, filled in the other two, words, the other two letters to make sure that I knew he knew <laughs> what I was trying. The, the, the trouble with studying and the trouble with reading scripture is when you're reading, you're reading something that is 2,000 plus years old when we talk about the Hebrew scriptures. And so you're trying to understand what was going on then and understand how you apply it now. I still think I was right. Y'all excuse me, pray for me. I don't talk like that. My children will tell you, you, you won't make me, I don't, I don't, don't use profanity. But I was wounded, because you're talking about my word now. And uh, you, when you tell me that Job is not real, then that means a lot of things I'm reading here, hey, don't mess with me. I, I've since matured greatly since then to the point where I want to get the point whether or not someone can prove this one way or the other. Because at this point in my life, I don't care. Because what I really want to know is, what did they see then that caused them to want to make sure that people understood a truth that they felt like wasn't getting said? So that now in my mature age, it could be that Job is a compendium of people pulled together their stories into this one story, or it could simply be Job's complicit story. But tonight what I want to deal with is what they were trying to say. Because they had something in mind that was more important than my feebleness on whether or not this was rock solid. Because what they were trying to say is, too often, stay with me tonight, too often people associate prosperity with the hand of God. Too often people associate success with the hand of God. Too often people associate good health with the hand of God. Too often people associate their children being perfect or whatever that means in this day with the hand of God. And so if anything is out of line, if I'm not prosperous, if I live in the hood, if I'm not prosperous and I don't drive the biggest or newest car, if I don't live in the biggest house, then, then that must mean something wrong with me or God is not with me. If I don't have the best health, 
if, if, I, if, I, if I have to go in to, to get things checked out and I don't feel good at certain times, then, then what they were trying to say is, hold on, your God is too small and what you're asking of your God and the way you think of your relationship with God is not how God sees you or the relationship. This is important that you understand this tonight because, because what one has to realize, they redefine favor. Whatever you think about this book, it redefines favor from the beginning. Because when you read the opening stories of it in, in chapter one, you, when you begin to read it, what you begin to read is the Satan looking for somebody to touch. And he's going around. And it is God that offers up Job. It's God that says, have you considered my servant Job? And then Satan says, hey, 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 hey God, you know, oh, wait a minute. That guy, you already, he has too much. He is too blessed. He'll never curse you. I can't use him. And God says, I know he's blessed. And I still offer him to you because I can promise you when it's over, he'll still be blessed and he can handle it. Come here, y'all. I'm going to mess somebody's head up. Years ago, I believe it was a movie with Danny uh, Glover and uh, Mel Gibson. And the first time they came out, you know, in their kind of uh, good cop, bad cop kind of deal, there's a scene in there where the guy says, I want to show you how loyal this man is. And he pulls his loyal lieutenant over and says, give me your arm. And the guy gives him his arm, sticks his arm out. He says, take this lighter. And he holds it there and he says, don't move your arm. And the man is standing there with his flesh burning and he won't move. The man said, I want you to know what real loyalty is. Y'all missed it? Over your head. The one he trusted the most, the one he thought was the most loyal, he ended up inflicting the most pain upon him because he knew he could take it. I just, somebody, you're just, you, it's the only time for you to run out of here right now. And sometimes what I've been through and what you've been through is not because God disliked you. It's because he knew he could trust you in the middle of it. He, he knew it was going to hurt. He knew it was going to inflict pain. He knew it was going to be damaging. But he also understood you could handle it. You, you're going to be all right when it's over because you're not going to be jaded by the pain because the relationship you have with God is greater than any pain the enemy can inflict upon you. You can try to mess with my head if you dare. 
You can try to cause me to quit if you dare. You can, you can do what you want to do, but my, my, my Jesus is too great. I'm not giving up on my faith because, come here, come here. Come here. here and, and what you see here in this particular chapter is Job coming to a place in his faith where he gets to the point where he's been through so much. And, and, and I want to call this tonight the favor of realization. The favor of realization. Um, let, me, let me see if I can, let me see if I do it another way. Before I read Job, so I want to give you something. Give you something. Um, I, um, my wife and I were looking for a house one time and we were trying to find it. We couldn't find it. We were looking for it. We were trying to find it. And some of y'all got the same testimony. I'm, I'm smiling because I see some folk in here who got, we, we, were find, we were trying to get it. And everything we were looking at, the door would close before we could get it. We'd be talking and someone else already bought it. We'd be, we'd be, in, the, we'd be in the negotiating, someone else couldn't even get, couldn't even get close to it. By the time God gave us what he had for us, all we could do was look at each other and nearly cry because we realized if we had went through the doors that we thought were good, we would have missed God's good. So the pain of the no then set up the joy of the yes later. You listen to me closely tonight, you'll never be upset at any other closed door again. You'll never get mad again. Because see, sometimes what you'll find out is just, no, it didn't work out. That relationship didn't work because we weren't supposed to be there. They, if they were supposed to be in your life, they'd still be with you right now. Don't, don't even worry about who's nothing like you and who doesn't want to be close to you, who doesn't want to be your friend. Because anybody that God wants to be in your life is going to be in your life. Anybody God has intended you to be with, they'll be with you. What God has for me is for me. And the problem that people have, this is, this is just it, is that realization only comes after pain. I wish I could preach that right there. I could stop and preach that all night right there. Unfortunately, we don't get to figure out what God's doing and what God's up to until after we've been through some stuff. I bet you right now in your life you can sit back and you can take a panoramic view and in your mind right now you say, oh Lord, I wished I had took the no when you said no. Let me, get, let me, give, you, let me, give, you, let me give you an example of you, Shiloh. When, when I was candidate for Shiloh, there was another man candidate at the same time. And they came down to the final two candidates. This is going back 35 years ago almost now. Two, two candidates at the same time. The guy who was supposed to come here was a wonderful professor at Andover Newton. Great guy, wonderful pastor, good man, married, everything else. I was everything Shiloh didn't want. I was single and I was still in school. Watch this. He, we both came together. I got called to Shiloh, which means they picked me. Thank you for it. 
I'm glad I'm still with you. Must have been intended for God. Which meant he was disappointed because he really wanted to be here. He could still be professor in, in, in Massachusetts, be right here. But, but guess what? After you call me, less than a month later, another church he had been candidating for in New Jersey that was twice your size called him. If he had come here, he would have been out of order because I didn't know them folk up there. Y'all don't hear me. His disappointment was only what? Temporary. Because God closed this door because he had another door open for him. Y'all. Ooh, y'all don't get it. Sometimes you, you think that every painful experience is just painful and you don't realize that there's a blessing on the other side of pain. Let me do it again. You missed that one. You, you, you need to help the person next. You just tell them, neighbor, there's a blessing on the other side of pain. You, you, you know, sometimes we, 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 in society, we've gotten to the point now where we don't, we don't like pain at all. Matter of fact, everybody want a pill for everything. They don't just don't, don't let me be in pain. Don't let me be in pain. But every now and then, you need to take on a little bit of the pain because the pain triggers you to move into promise. Sometimes it's the pain that lets you know what's going on so that you can move out of where you are into where you're supposed to be. Okay, stay with me. The favor of realization. Here, here's, here's Job's realization. Watch, 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 watch what he says. I'm, I'm back at, at verse 1. I'm in the Message Bible. He, Job says it this way. I'm convinced you can do anything and everything and nothing and no one can upset your plans. Look at someone right now. Just say, neighbor. God's got a plan for your life and even you can't mess it up. Now that, that's almost 100% true. Did you I said that's almost 100% true. Now, there are a few things you could do to ruin it, but, but that's almost 100% true. God, God's got a plan for your life. Do you realize that if you just follow God's plan, it's going to work out? Even if you don't know how God's going to work it out, it's going to work out. Even if you have to cry all the way, God's going to work it out. I was talking to my children the other day, and I was telling them something happened, and I was saying to them, look here, okay, you got two choices here. You can relax, just be cool, everything's going to be fine. Let me, I'll give, let me give a little bit of the story, make it a little better. Okay, my daughter's driving up here. The daughters are coming up from Ohio to, to Connecticut. On the way to Connecticut, they get behind something on the roads coming out of Ohio, and a rock hits the windshield. Okay, so they got a crack in the windshield. They want to get the windshield done. When they get here, of course, call down. Insurance going to let you go down there. Safe light repair, safe light replace. Okay, they go down. 
they go down to safe light and they, they do the little glass thing and fill the hole. And of course, it's not satisfying. And of course, my daughter's all anxious and all. Oh, I can't believe it. I got to make a payment. Baby, it's a car. My wife's telling her the same thing. Would she talk to me one time? Call my wife, talk to her down the way up here. They all upset. It's a car. Anybody's ever had a car has broken a windshield. They break. It's glass. It breaks. Don't be upset. These people are good at replacing them. But you don't understand. This car got something to do with the windshield. It got something to do with I don't care. It's a car. If it's a windshield, somebody can put it in. But I got to go back to the... No, they don't, dealers don't do this. I said, you got two choices. This is when you get, you know, the older person talk. You got two choices. You can be anxious and worried about that windshield or take that piece of car and tell that car ain't nothing but a thing and drive and it ain't in your way. It ain't messing you up. Relax and enjoy the journey. Well, she got the windshield fixed, but she wanted to get it replaced. And then they told her the bad news. That's when she looked at me like, Daddy, you don't know what you're talking about. We can fix this part, but because of the technology in, your win in the windshield, there are only a few places that can do the full windshield replacement. And guess what the next thing was? She says, well, I don't live here. I live in Ohio. They said, well, there's one right outside of Kent, Ohio. She said, what? There's one right at your door, girl. She called me on after she got back home. They fixed it. It's better than ever. And they even put my thinker back on it. Y'all gonna miss something. You can go through from the crack to the fix, frustrated, or you can relax and say, everything gonna be all right. And too often, we go from the crack to the fix, and we're spending our time worrying and talking junk and upset about what went on, rather than just saying, Kesarasara. Older people got that. You younger folks are looking at me like, what does that mean? Some, some of you older folks, tell them what that means. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Stop worrying about, look, Job goes through. He says, nothing gonna upset your plan, God. You got a plan. You asked who is muddying the water. He, said, he says, ignorantly, I, confusingly, the issue, second guessing my purposes, I admit it, I was the one. I babbled on about stuff. Can I just help somebody before I get to this other part of realization? Quit trying to tell God how to be God. That'll preach all night long. You, look here, look here. Um, you're telling God he's got to be tall, dark, and handsome. He's got to have this kind of income. Now, maybe God wants you to get him on to come up before you... Y'all ain't listening to me. Let me tell you something. You can, have, you can have your ideal person 
or the one God has for you. Now, I'm not a dreamboat. There's, I'm not Denzel Washington. So Sister Watts could either have me or somebody that might be hitting upside the head. There were other suitors, but she happened to pick the big man. Personally, I think she made a good choice. You have to realize what your ideal of what ought to be may not be what God has for you. Relax. Get what God has for you. Sometimes I see real pretty girls with not so good looking guys. And I, I know in my heart of hearts, I bet you that man treats her really good. Because see, the way you look don't matter if you don't treat me right. Because you can only have a trophy on a shelf. Tell, tell, trophies don't pay bills unless you're in the NBA, the NFL. I got to hurry, I got to hurry. Joe, Joe comes to the realization. He, said, he says, let me, let me get it to you. He said, I'm going down to the end of it. He says, I admit, I once lived by rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll never do it again. Let me tell you something. There are times when having a rumored relationship with God simply means I'm going on somebody else's testimony. And you have to have your own testimony. Because see, some of us, we still going on mama's testimony, daddy's testimony. You got to have your own testimony. And you can't have your own testimony if you don't go through anything. I, uh, I told y'all this years ago, military, one of the admirals was on the base when the Iran uh, uh, issue first came up years ago. And he wanted to get into the theater. He wanted to go and serve. And, uh, and I'm like, man, you, you fortunate. You here in Groton. You, you're safe. You, you in good shape. Stay right there. Bombs are going to be going off over there. But let me tell you something. You can't advance if all you do is stay in the background. Every now and then, you've got to push your way to the front line battle. And yes, it gets difficult, but you realize sooner or later that you end up moving forward. All right, come on, let me, I got to hurry up. He had a realization, but, but the, sec the second thing there was he got the favor of revelation. Now, I talked about this Sunday, and I didn't get a chance to, to, to really explain it, so let me see if I can do it a little better here. Revelation simply means an awakening or, or uh, uh, something that he didn't once know. Realization on one hand of God's work and what was going on in God and revelation to himself. He, God revealed something about him to him. Revealed it. Something about him to him. Let me do it again. God revealed something about him to him. 
And I want you to all to understand, until God gives you revelation about yourself, you'll always think more highly of yourself than you ought. Some people are never self-deprecating. They're never, they don't walk in any kind of humility. They, they act like they, they don't make any mistakes, that their stuff don't stink, that, that they, they, they've been perfect their whole lives. And, and the reality of life is, you just ain't that good. I'm just being honest, you know? Yeah. People come to me sometimes and say, you didn't do this. I, I, I wish I did better. I, I, I could do better. I, thank you so much. I don't get upset. You know why I don't get upset? Because I realize I just ain't that good. I just ain't. I'm working on it. I'm working my soul's salvation out with fear and trembling. I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. Let me tell you something. I'm going to bless you when I give you this right here. See, the moment you realize that the, just because you're not perfect doesn't mean God is going to give up on you. It is such a relief. It is such a relief. It, oh, it just make you feel better. Oh, you go just, whoo. You mean I made a mistake? He ain't going to throw me out? No. And when Job gets his revelation, guess what his revelation causes him to do? His revelation causes him to pray and repent. See, that's all God wants from us. You know, there's no need for God to have forgiveness as, and, as an offering if those of us were never going to sin. Hello? But all he needed to do, when revelation came upon him of how he messed up with God, he said, Lord, I repent. He says, I abhor myself. In other words, I'm, 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 I feel horrible that I could even think that you would leave me, God. I feel horrible that I didn't recognize your hand in my life. I feel horrible I didn't see you even when I was going through. I feel horrible that I didn't know that it was you all the time loving me and keeping me in the midst of it. God, I feel horrible I didn't know that even when I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and doing the wrong thing, that you were still right there with me, keeping me despite the mistakes I made. God, I feel horrible I didn't see it, but I repent right now, God. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. That, that's all David could do. When, when David got called out about his sin, and the man of God told him, David, thou art the man, David said, oh my God. I didn't realize that I was so bad. He says, I see it now. And he went down in sackcloth and ashes and said, purge me with hyssop that I may be made clean. Wash me that I may be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. And then God with that, I'll teach transgressors your ways. All I can do with revelation is repent is repent. You know what the enemy doesn't want you to know? Here's what the enemy doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to know there's forgiveness in God. See that? So, some of y'all, that didn't make no sense to y'all. Didn't, it didn't ring your bell, but it ought to ring it. Because you know what? You've committed enough sin already to be in hell three times over. 
you commit enough sin since you've been saved to be in hell at least twice. Hello? But it's understanding and getting to the place where you realize there's a God that loves me enough and so much that he accepts me and looks beyond my flaws, looks beyond my faults, looks beyond my foibles, looks beyond my failures, and saw my needs and offered me forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Number three, number three, and, and this one, this one is, is one of my favorites. Uh, I said a little bit about it. I'm going to say a little bit about it now, but it's the favor of recompense. The word recompense is the same word as, as making up for, giving back. After, after Job's friends had misled him and mistreated him, and turned their back on him, God made those jokers come back and say they were sorry. Now, I, I can't tell you that all the people that hurt you are going to say they're sorry, because most of them aren't. Some of them don't even know they hurt you. Hello? I, I, I don't know about you. Have you ever gotten on a plane and your bag hit somebody and you didn't even know they got hit? You walking with your carry-on and knocking somebody on the aisle. Well, I experience that every day. I'm a big guy. I'm liable to bump you and didn't even, you felt it. But for me, it was, I used to play on the offensive line. I was an offensive tackle. So I hit people for a living. I mean, I just, so hitting somebody, that, that's just normal. You. You bump into me and fall back five steps. I'm wondering what, what happened. You can't step right. What's wrong? Guess what? You do it too. And the moment you realize that people will hurt you and not know they hurt you, and that some will hurt you knowing that they hurt you, but it doesn't matter what their motives are, the only thing you can do is let it go. God let them come back. Look at the text. The text tells us what they did. I'm going to skip down to the middle of the text. He says, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my friend Job. This is verses 7 and 8 for those of you that are looking. And go to my friend Job. Sacrifice a burnt offering on your own behalf. My friend Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayers. He says, I want you to take an offering, bring it over there, and offer it up on behalf of yourselves. And Job will pray for you. Here's what I didn't get to well enough Sunday that I wanted to say again tonight. They, God goes after them. And I talked about that a little bit. God goes after them, and he tells them off. He says, you, you didn't talk right to Job about me, and he gets them straight. He says, you, you acted as though you had some kind of revelation knowledge. You tried to tell everybody that you knew better than anyone else, that God did this to you, that, that you, if you weren't sinning, you wouldn't have this happen, and if you wouldn't be suffering. Go on and confess your sins, because if you wasn't such a bad person, this wouldn't have went wrong. If you weren't so bad, it wouldn't happen like that. It only happens to bad people. 
And Job kept saying, I didn't do nothing. I didn't, if I did it, I'd tell you, but I didn't do anything. And he come back, and they ask him for forgiveness. And Job has to pray for them. And I want to tell you this. Until you can get to the place where you can release those that hurt you and pray for them earnestly with meaning and purpose, you're not healed. Now, I, I know I just hurt somebody's feelings right there. Until you can get to the place where you can take those that have hurt you, wounded you, messed your life up, and go ahead and pray for them, and then forgive them, let it go. You're not healed. And here's, here's, here's the hard part about it. You are now the only impediment standing in the way of your favor and blessing. That's why I said it's almost 100% and not a full 100%. Why? Because my, Job's action of praying for them released God to forgive them, but also released Job's blessings into his life. Here, here, here's the point, y'all. Here's the point, y'all. The hardest thing to do, the Bible says, lest there be any root of bitterness, the hardest thing to do is to get rid of bitterness. And if you have to pray to ask God to relieve you of a bitter spirit about anyone or anything, get that out of you first so that your blessings can be released. Okay. My last point, I'm not, I'm, I've, I've done enough here, and I think you kind of got it, uh, but I want to leave you with this point here. This is, this is my last point. It's the favor of restoration. The favor of restoration. The favor of restoration. Um, we sang it Sunday, God Restores. And, and I love that song, God Restores. And the reason I love God Restores is because I do believe that God wants to restore us 100%. And in the, in the song it says, he restores my mind, he restores my soul. With his healing hand, I'm made whole. That's important because it's not just God needing to restore stuff. Sometimes God just needs to restore us emotionally. I don't know about you, but you can go through some stuff in life that will just take you emotionally out of life. You just be like, I just don't feel it today. I just need a break. You can keep playing if I'm in. I just need a break. I'm just tired. I don't feel like being bothered with anybody. It and and, and the, the problem with it is you get to the point where you're almost like, it's not that I don't like or don't love. I just don't feel nothing. I'm spent. I'm emotionally depleted. But when Job prays for his friends, God brings a complete restoration. And now watch this restoration. 
Notice the text, and I'm sure Elder, Elder Martin loved this part. The Bible says, after Job had interceded, after he interceded, after he prayed for his friends, God restored, first of all, his fortune and doubled it. God restored his fortune and doubled it. But remember now, he, during his time of, of going through, only three people were coming to visit him. And they weren't always talking good to him. So he, he also needed, doesn't need that restored. He needed his community restored back to him. He needed family back in his life. And I want to tell you all this. I know you think you can live without family and later for them. And I'm tired of this person. I'm tired of my spouse. Tired of the other one. No, 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 no. You need those people around you. You need them in your life. God has them for you. God, God has community for you. God has fellowship for you because you need it. And here the text says, all his brothers and sisters, folk he probably hadn't seen in months, all his friends, came to his house and celebrated. Now, now that's good news right there. They came for fellowship. They came for fellowship. But they didn't just come in. They had to tell him how sorry they were. I'm sorry you went through that. I'm sorry your pain. I'm sorry that you were hurting. I'm sorry. The Bible also says, and they consoled him. They begin to speak into his spirit because his spirit had been vexed from having gone through so much. His spirit had been depleted. And that's why you've got to let people get around you, even those people that hadn't been around you for a while, and let somebody speak into your spirit because what they were doing in consoling him is restoring and renewing his spirit and saying, yeah, you can make it. It's going to be all right. I know life is difficult and life is hard. I know you've been through something, but let me just tell you, it's going to be all right in God. God loves you and everything's going to be okay. And God shall wipe every tear from your eyes and weeping may be a door for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. They began to restore his spirit. They spoke into him. But then that last part of the text, God said, y'all looked at him when he was going down, but you didn't really help him enough. So I want you to bring some gold. I want you to bring some silver and put it in his hand. Y'all, y'all missed it. You, you don't even know. God said, God said, I'll make people bless you. So into your life. God said, I, a part of my restoration is going to have others sow into your life. Don't, don't, don't just turn everything down. Don't just say, no, I don't need it. God said, I'm trying to let somebody seed into your life, into the new life you're about to have. Yeah, you can open up your hand. I'm going to plug into you. I'm getting ready to restore everything the enemy stole from you. And don't be ashamed when you take it in your hand. Don't put your head down acting like I don't need it I'm okay now no take what they give you because I'm re 
restoring it. I gave them the mind to bless you. I want to lift you up. I want you to know everything the devil tried to do. I'm taking it back and I'm giving you everything you need. Blessing upon blessing and mercy upon mercy and love upon love and healing upon healing. God restores. Come on, bless his name. Come on, bless him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. 